Welcome to Bollywood and Books, a podcast for people who love travel, the written word, and words into pictures, moving pictures. I'm your host, Lovelace Cook. Join me on a literary romp through India. We'll have conversations about books, writers, and cinema, as well as discussions with fellow travelers and authors. Learn more about India's diverse culture and exotic destinations. Discover magic, miracles, and myths from the gateway of India and Bollywood in Mumbai to the canals of Kerala and from the burning ghats on the Ganges and Varanasi to the Dalai Lama's residence in McLeod Ganj. So grab a cuppa and settle in for the adventure. In my mind and memory, Varkala, Kerala, India is a place of stunning contradictions. There's the drama of the clifftops with wind currents on which the Brahmani kites soar like eagles. The beach below the clifftop is where Western visitors dare venture into the powerful waves. Young women wearing scanty swimsuits sunbathe, while wide-eyed young Indian boys stare open-mouthed. At the other end of the beach, down the road from the 2,000-year-old temple, is Papanasam Beach. It's a sacred place that Hindu pilgrims visit with the ashes of their loved ones. The word Papanasam means to wash away sins. First the pilgrims go to the temple, then they proceed to the beach where holy men, the Hindu priests, perform the sacred ceremony of puja. I used to sit for days on nearby steps to watch it. I just wanted to learn about the solemn choreography of the ritual. The holy man gives his blessings. Then the family member carries the ashes and marigolds on a banana leaf to the Arabian Sea. They turn their backs to the water and release the ashes, flowers, and banana leaves to the waves. The pilgrims believe the sins of the deceased will be washed away and the soul will reach eternal salvation. Moreover, Hindu visitors believe that a dip in the waters at this part of the beach will wash away all sins. I've seen men and women, fully clothed in Western attire as well as saris, walk a few feet into the waves. Just up the hill from Papanasam Beach is Akshay Beach Resort, where I stayed for months. It's a simple lodging where most of the rooms with adjoining baths have only cold water showers. There is no air conditioning, and there might be a fan on the wall if one is fortunate. And this is where I met Willie. The tiny terrace restaurant at Akshay House overlooked the beach road. It was always busy with pilgrims and tourists walking in tut-tuts and in cars, horns blaring from daylight till dark. It was noisy but entertaining. With only three tables, the little restaurant managed to fill up very quickly, and everyone lingered over their meals. They served just a few dishes, although the menu featured over a hundred items. That was a mystery. The omelets were good and the fresh fruit salads were delicious. Visitors came from the other hotels and guest houses for the simple fare because it was cheap. 
One morning, an older woman walked up, looked around, and saw all the tables were full. But I invited her to join me. My partner hadn't come down from our room yet. She told me her name was Willie, and she was 81 years old. She certainly didn't look her age, and I thought perhaps life in Vancouver, British Columbia, her home, must be glorious indeed for someone to look so young and physically fit. She said she was traveling with her granddaughter, that she'd brought her along on the trip. As it turned out, Willie needed a listening ear. Her granddaughter had gone native, as she put it, wearing a sari, speaking Hindi, and acquiring a boyfriend in Mumbai for whom she bought a refrigerator. Unfortunately, her granddaughter resented her father and subsequently her paternal grandmother. One morning, shortly after we met, Willie, the sorry-wearing granddaughter, and I met at the restaurant on the clifftops. Their body language told me everything I needed to know. The tension was palpable, and the meal was awkward. Later the same day, Willie came to Akshay House in tears and found me. She told me how she'd hoped the trip to India with her granddaughter would help the relationship, and we had a marathon chat. Over time, the tears turned to laughter. Maybe that was just what she needed. On her last morning in Varkala, Willie arrived for breakfast with a wonderful henna tattoo of a chameleon and a copy of Salman Rushdie's Midnight's Children, which she gave me. Willie and I kept in touch, and over the next few years, it was fascinating to see all the exciting things that she did. At 86, she bought a VW camper and adopted a small rescue dog named Monty. The pair went on adventures, north to Alaska, south to Portland. Willie became my role model. I wanted to be her when I grew up. Her gift of Midnight's children was the colonel that germinated into a presentation, a literary journey through India, and as a result, inspired the idea for the podcast, Bollywood and Books. Willie and I had a long conversation, not too long ago, to catch up. She told me that after Varkala, she'd gone to China. She went to visit a family in the Yunnan province and had a wonderful visit. Willie had met the family 14 years earlier. She'd helped them travel from the Yunnan province, Yuhu village, to Kungming. When they picked Willie up three years ago, because she went back to see them, they told her, you can't stay with us. Instead, they took her by limo, drove her out into the countryside, to a fabulous mansion. It was karma, a young man said. You helped my family. He'd gone to the States, to Harvard, worked with Goldman Sachs, became a billionaire, bought property, built a mansion, and he invited Willie to stay there. She had her own wing, two women to help her in the daytime, and two guards at night. Willie's adventures absolutely astound me. She told me about a trip to Timbuktu that she had taken before Al-Qaeda took over. 
She's written an article about that. She also told me about a pretty scary incident that took place in the fall of 2019. During a road trip in the middle of British Columbia, she had stopped to take photos of a river, and she put Monty back in the van. She said a guy came out of nowhere. She saw him coming and felt the red flags, but she was too far from her van to get there quickly. He jumped her, and her option at that point was fight or flight. And since she couldn't get away, she said she fought him like a hyena. She clocked him so hard that she broke her shoulder. In December, she had her shoulder replaced. I was horrified to hear the story, but she told me that now she's laughing again. She came so close to not being alive. Willie is a powerful woman, an extraordinary role model. She's planning for her dream trip now. She's planning to pack Monty into the van and travel on Route 66. I have such admiration for Willie, for her strength, for her resilience, for all the things that she represents, and for her courage. I think it's only fitting to end this story about Willie with the fact that she finally got a real tattoo of a chameleon on her arm, just like the one she had in Varkala. Thanks to Glasgow resident Jonathan Chapman, classically trained musician, artist, website designer, and a really great guy who introduced me to Edinburgh-based Red Note Ensemble and their album, Reels to Ragas, whose music you're listening to with renowned tabla player Kuljit Bamra. For more information, see the show notes at bollywoodandbooks.com where East truly meets West. 